you are listening to High TV, your place for cannabis news, insights, and information. If you're new to this podcast, you're a newbie. What's going on, newbie? Welcome to the show. Hope to see you soon. Just know when Monday morning comes and this podcast plays in your cars and your headphones, you will be the most informed person in cannabis in your circle. Stay tuned and stay high, folks. ITV. Welcome back to another episode of High TV's Cannabis News Now, where we give you cannabis news and updates so you are the most informed person in your circle. As always, I want to start with something a little bit before the news. Not as always, but I want us to take a moment, a moment of silence, a moment of appreciation for the passing of Kobe Bean Bryant. And that eight seconds that just passed is in remembrance of Kobe Bryant, who wore the number eight, who wore the number 24. And I know that this is a cannabis news podcast, but as myself, the podcaster, it's up to me to be as authentic as possible. And Kobe Bryant is somebody like many people was a part of their life. You know, I just joked around with my friends saying I remember voting for his team in 2000, 2001 for the Nickelodeon Teen's Choice Awards. I mean, every time we shot a shot of into the trash can, what did we yell? We yelled Kobe. And as posted on Instagram, Kobe was a competitor, an intellectual. The man spoke seven languages, all right? The guy has three books out right now, all bestsellers. I mean, he was more than just basketball. Above all, he was a father. And even more saddening was the loss of his 13-year-old daughter, Gigi. And... His passing, it just goes to show you that life is never promised, tomorrow's never promised, and life itself is fragile. So in every moment, you want to take in the most you can and show those who you love that you love them because their return home isn't promised or their attempts to leave the home isn't promised to be safe. And Kobe died in a helicopter, and that in itself was unimaginable because Kobe had flown in helicopters for years. I mean, a guy lived, you know how bad LA traffic is. He lived far from the Staples Center, didn't want to deal with the traffic, you know. So he said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and start flying in the helicopters because I can get there in 15 minutes to save time. And it's so sad to me that something like the helicopter that he's been flown in for so long wasn't the most secure it could possibly be. So first, I want to say RIP to the nine victims, not just Kobe Bryant, but the nine victims who passed away on that tragic accident. I want to make sure we mention Gigi, his daughter, who was only 13 and had such a bright future, not only in basketball, but in life. And Kobe Bryant himself for the wisdom, the work ethic, the mamba mentality he bestowed on this planet while he was alive. And the timing of it is crazy. I mean, LeBron just passed Kobe Bryant the day before. You know, in, 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 in what, third most points scored in NBA history? And it's just really sad. I mean, I myself am not really an emotional person, but I find myself deeply and gut-wrenchingly emotional at the point 
that I was told Kobe passed away. At first, I didn't believe him. I'm like, yo, these guys at work are lying. There's no way it's possible that Kobe died. I literally saw him on TV last night, saw his tweets and everything. And it turned out it was true. And the story got more and more horrifying. So as the NBA and the world around remembers Kobe Bean Bryant for the legendary status that he has achieved, let's take in the mentality that he bestowed on us in hard work and work ethic. And if you really want it, or ask yourself, are you doing what it takes to get it? This is a man who entered the NBA and said he was going to be better than Michael Jordan. He said he was going to be one of the legends at straight out of high school. And the people who maybe didn't have the work ethic didn't believe him, thought he was too big for his britches, thought he was too confident, too braggadocious. But the man put the work in behind it to achieve just that. And ask yourself, what are your dreams? What do you want to accomplish? And ask yourself, are you putting in the necessary work to achieve that dream? Only hard work and determinations make dreams come true. There's no wishing on a lucky star. There's no seven Dragon Balls. It's you, your work ethic, and how much effort you put into accomplishing and reaching those dreams. You can't climb high if you don't start climbing. All right. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. That's supposed to be 22 minutes and 40 seconds to honor the jersey number 24. I went a bit overboard, but of course, like I said, I grew up with Kobe. That's a hero of mine. So let's get into quick hits, first and foremost where I just mentioned the headlines, not dive deep into the news story so you know what's going on. I may circle back and go into them a little later, but quick hits. We have MedMen offers vendors stock instead of cash. As you know, MedMen has had a horrible 2019. They had a great 2018, but a horrible 2019. And the story rose not just in California, but around the country of MedMen not paying its vendors who gave them product. As you know, MedMen's stock had plummeted, or plummeted rather, 90% in 2019. The money's not around. They're desperately looking for cash to fall to the sky from these investors who hope that they're buying in at MedMen at a lower price and it will rise in value soon, which may be the case, but not if things continue as they are. So the scandal is MedMen's not paying the vendors. All right, these people are entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry providing them product and are not getting paid. And so because they don't have the cash on hand to pay them directly, MedMen decided to go ahead and offer them stock. How happy they are in that when the stock isn't doing so well right now, I just said it went down 90%. I mean, in the long run, maybe it will equate towards much more of the value that the products were vended to MedMen. But as for now, it's just adding to the list and the list, long list of deplorable things that are going on with men, men in this moment. All right. From the layoffs, from the not having the cash, from uh, demoting people in the uh, company so they can't pay them as much. And of course, not selling cannabis in the state of Florida. Right. I mean, we all know those medical marijuana patients know that MedMen's quality of products aren't there. And that's probably why their price is so cheap, because their products are trash. So if you're if you producing trash product, you're not going to sell things. So anyway, next quick hit. That was like one of them uh, pulls where you start talking and you hold a joint in your mouth or a joint in your hand. Anyway, next. So MedMen CEO Adam Bierman deflects on Reddit AM. So because of all the controversy, the CEO of MedMen wanted to publicly address the questions of those who had a lot of questions about what MedMen is doing, what's going on, and what does the future hold or unhold what will the future unhold 
And he went on, Re on Reddit, and you had the ability this Friday to go ahead and ask your questions directly to the CEO of MedMen. And naturally, as any CEO or politician would, he deflected on every single question asked. Let's say someone asked a question mentioning the mentioning Florida, mentioning a company that they're associated with, and mentioning their lack of uh, morale when it came to how they treated their employees. And of course, MedMen spewed the bullshit. Our employees are why MedMen are MedMen. And bullshit after bullshit. And bullshit after bullshit. I mean, someone even mentioned if he should step down as CEO due to the current standing that MedMen is currently in. And he naturally deflected from that, 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 that question. I mean, of course, you have PR agents who filter questions and then go ahead and give you what you should say and what range you should stay in to protect the company and stock overall. So I get it. You can't be as truthful because if you are as truthful, you may end up like Elon Musk smoking a joint on Joe Rogan podcast and in the stock plummets, you know, for a day to so listen medmen the verdict is here before i go to the next quick hit is that medmen is in deep trouble right now and the industry overall is in deep trouble but much like any economic graph will show you when there's an economic boom there is an eventual bust just like our stock market we're seeing the longest bull run in economic or wall street history and they're predicting that we're going to have such a horrendous and nosedive worthy of a bust or enter a bear market that people should be weary of their 401k right about now. And I think the cannabis industry is gonna reflect the same thing or it has reflected that it's currently in the bust stage and will soon correct itself and then continue on its steady rise. Listen, companies everywhere are not getting the sales that they predicted and projected. And their biggest enemy, which I believe they will act hard on with lawmakers is to, sorry about that, is to, uh, attack the black market. So we'll see what 2020 is on hold. I think the black market will soon get beat up heavy by law enforcement who want to, of course, collect illegal tax dollars from marijuana. And it's not going to be a happy day. So black market guys, much love to you guys. You guys have been in the industry forever, but be wary of what's coming soon. So if you can get legal, try your best to try and get legal somehow, because I'm telling you that foot will go down. I'm probably on your necks. But in the meantime, enjoy these sales from these idiotic lawmakers making taxes too high and selling crap product. Next quick hit. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo includes legalization in the 2021 budget. So as mentioned podcasts ago, I was going to keep you guys updated on the legalization in New York State. Why? That's my hometown. That's where I'm from. All right. You can hear an accent sometimes when it comes out. And so for that reason, I wanted to make sure I gave you guys even the smallest headlines that may come out of the steps towards legalization in New York. And here's the thing. This isn't celebratory or, or, or news worthy of celebration because Andrew Cuomo did the same thing in 2019, including legalization in the 2020 budget. All that does is make sure that the budget includes the necessary Oh, the money is already allocated and planned out for what may or may not be spent in that year. So if they do decide to legalize cannabis, they have all their ducks in a row. And this isn't saying that they're going to legalize in 2021. It's just already planned for. So if it does happen, they're ready. So if you hear this, don't get too excited because it just may not happen that soon. I mean, we've seen Andrew Cuomo being on the three-point line pump faking and never really taking a shot at legalization. He's talking about it. His form looks good, but he's still pump faking. Kind of like you're playing 2K and it just starts glitching. That's what Andrew Cuomo is doing. So New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, listen, 
we hear you. We hear that you want to legalize. We hear you're taking the steps towards it, but we ain't going to believe it till we see it. It's kind of like a, a boyfriend in a relationship that always Fs up. And he tells his girl, listen, I'm going to do better. I'm going to improve. I'm sorry. You know, this is the last time, you know, cheating is just behind me now. And I know that I don't want to lose you. Listen, Ma, believe it when you see it. <laughs> believe it when you see it. All right, so let's dive deep with some topics here. Uh, cannabis data breach leaks, 85,000 dispensary files. So a data breach in the cannabis point of sale system, TH, THS, excuse me, TH Suite, leaked more than 85,000 files from dispensaries throughout the U.S., including more than 30,000 records containing personally identifiable information, according to VPN Mentor, the firm that discovered a breach. The breach was first discovered by researchers on Christmas Eve of 2019 and was closed on January 14th. The data, which was discovered in an unsecured and unencrypted Amazon S3 bucket owned by TH Suite, includes, wow, file names, dates of birth, phone numbers, email addresses, street addresses, and medical marijuana cannabis program identification numbers, including the cannabis type and quantity purchase, transaction costs, and date of purchase. So this data breach is massive, and a lot of people in the industry was predicting that this will happen. We've seen data breaches happen on the insurance and on, on many, or excuse me, in many other different industries, and cannabis is probably the same. Most likely because the security measures weren't really well done or well put out because it hasn't happened before, right? It's almost like a person that has a brand new house. They may have, you know, the cheapest security system they can afford because they're thinking about price and much less utility. And once the security system doesn't do shit when their house is bro broken into, then they're going to go ahead and step their game up to ADT or step their game up to any higher level security system to keep themselves safe and protected. The same thing here is going to happen in the cannabis, cannabis industry. But what's more important to realize, what are the ramifications of this occurrence? Now that you have over 85,000 files being stolen, that can include so much information as in, this is the individual's name, this is where they live, this is their birthday, this is how old they are, here's their number and email addresses so we can tell you, you can now market to these people who have bought cannabis at these firms. Like this breach is very, very valuable, especially since the cannabis industry isn't mature yet, they're gonna wanna capture as many people who have already engaged in the cannabis industry so far as consumers. I mean, they even have the type of cannabis you purchased, all right, and they know the time you purchased. These people who hacked into this know the individual in and out. I mean, this is a marketer's dream, right? People who market, their job is to segment the population to figure out who they're selling to. If you have a data breach like this or you have a black hat action like this, you also have black hat marketers who will kind of cheat the system like every system gets cheated and go ahead and find a shortcut towards their customers. Now they know how old the customer is, where they live, what their phone number is, what region they are in, the email addresses so they can send them things. They even know what cannabis you bought and when you bought it. They can tell the patterns at which you purchase cannabis. They know when to market to you. I mean, it's almost like when you're talking, right, on, on, on your phone. I had a conversation the other day about something random, like, uh, I don't know, like drop shipping, right? And next, you know, I see you drop shipping something pop up on Instagram ads, which I've never even Googled it after the conversation, but yet it's popping up on my Instagram. So 
we're seeing a breach in personal data at an alarming rate. And as we know, data is the new oil. And the same thing goes for the data that is in the cannabis industry. All right. It's much more viable than cannabis oil. It's much more viable than RSO oil because it can be extremely, extremely uh, violating of our personal security and our personal privacy. So if you're in that 85,000, I'm sorry it was you. Um, you probably don't even know if you're a part of the 85,000. But if you're a medical marijuana patient, if you have purchased cannabis legally in the past, there's a chance you could be included. You know, and for those that are, don't be surprised when you're getting these emails. All right. These calls, these various points of contact that seem out of place, but just realize your data has been sold to the highest bidder. And chances are these cannabis companies are going to get the data and use the data to make more sales. And it's almost like you have an individual, right, who's in school. All right. They're taking classes. Things aren't going so well. All right. They're on the last limb. They're desperate at this point. OK, they had the worst 2019 possible. So what do they do? They find a way to win and sometimes to win in a dire occurrence. These people may choose to cheat. And these cannabis companies, they don't have anything to lose. I mean, they have everything to lose, I should say. I mean, investors are upset. Consumers are upset. And their job is on the line. So to protect their job, to win back consumers, to make the investors happy and overall make more sales, they're going to go ahead and get this data and use it to their best advantage. So this is sad. And I think what should happen is that we have these measures in place that prevents data breaches like this from happening. We can't have people's personal information being sought out and sold the way it is. I mean, it's almost sad and, and, and almost redundant because we live in 2020. We live in the era of social media, the Instagram, the Facebook, the TikTok, the Snapchat. All of our data is being mined for free. I mean, think about it. Do you think these apps really want to connect you with people? <laughs> like, like when I hear CEOs speak, I always kind of see it as double speak, right? They say what they mean, but they say it in a way in which it is much more receivable by the listener if they're not privy to the true intentions that they have laid out for you. If Mark Zuckerberg says, I created Facebook and we use Instagram to connect users around the world because as humans, we need connections with our friends. That sounds all bubbly, cute, but it's bullshit. All right. They give you a free platform that they know is addictive. So now they know that you're going to use the platform. You using the platform provides them with data on who you are, what exactly you like, and that it now allows them to sell ads at a much higher price due to their ads ability to convert you into a potential customer. I mean, that's what these social platforms are. I mean, they're selling you a product for cheap and they're reaping the most out of the most benefits. You know what I'm saying so. Well, I'm going to take my horse down Old Town Road. I'm going to smoke me some CBD. 1606, smoke the pack. It's a hundred percent tobacco free. No, seriously, seriously. Y'all have tried some CBD packs in the past, right? We've heard of all of them. We've seen them in the orange box or the box with aluminum on it. And they have like biomass in it. They're not good CBD, all right? They don't help you out at all. They're full of seeds. They got all type of stems. I mean, they don't really help you out, right? They're good for people who are smoking cigarettes and want something else to smoke. But if you really want to get some feeling in CBD, go with the company that has good CBD, all right? Actual quality flower in there that has high percentage of CBD, you can feel the difference. You get the relaxation, all right? You get the pain reduction. You get to feel actually relaxed, all right? Uplifting relief. You want that feeling. 
So with that being said, I urge you to try 1606. Now obviously I'm doing the whole country thing, but the fact that 1606 whole brand is kind of on this, you know, Midwestern, Western type of branding. And I like it. It's cool, it's different. Haven't really seen it before. Kind of reminds me of traditional tobacco. But nonetheless, they are a hemp pack, kind of like many cigarettes, but they're made with hemp and they have some good CBD in there. So again, it is 1606 hemp.com again that's 1606 hemp.com you can find it on my instagram this week try it out you guys are gonna enjoy it i wouldn't advertise something i didn't enjoy i even asked some people who was around me to try the product and guess what they enjoyed it so if you want some hemp packs you're tired of the orange box you're tired of the aluminum box and have the bio seeds in there little black things in the in the product biomass and you're just smoking grass doesn't taste good, gives you a headache and a bad mouth flavor. Go ahead and try 1606 Hemp. You'll see it on Instagram. You'll see it on their website. You'll enjoy the hemp pack. Now, back to the show. So hopefully the cannabis industry doesn't go the same route that these social media platforms have gone and basically rape and pillage individuals who use their platform for their data and then sell them at 10x the price. And that's what's happening. And hopefully, well, to be realistic, what might happen in all honesty is the fact that, listen, another data breach is, a pen, is impending on the cannabis industry. I don't think it's the first one. I think once you get a taste for blood, you want more like a shark in the water. And that's what these black hat hackers are going to do and what they may continue to do. I mean, once you're able to sell the data at such a high price, once you're able to sell the data and see the benefit, they're going to see what other firms they can potentially get a data breach from and then sell them to the highest bidder. Okay. So, uh, Thank you, for coming. Thank you for coming back from the break. We're going to continue on with our last story, which is lawmakers. Lawmakers in Washington want to put a ban or limit on THC levels in the state of Washington. They want to take and make concentrates that are only 10% THC max, almost like the 10% THC ban that we're seeing here in Florida that was impeding. It hasn't been passed. But they're talking about it. And it got a lot of people pissed off. Here in Florida, they want the medical marijuana flowers, max THC to be 10%. Their reasoning on it wasn't as concrete as what Washington's reasoning on having a 10% ban is now. And I'm going to dive into that right about now. So a Washington bill with bipartisan support would cap the state's adult use cannabis concentrate products at just 10% THC, which will effectively kill the state's concentrate market. Now, a lot of things will come from this, if it does pass, right? That will cause individuals to go where? The black market. Because listen, stoners are the most intuitive and imaginative people there are in the world. All right, give a stoner some weed, no tools to smoke it in the middle of an island, and I'm sure he's going to go full-on uh, Tom Hanks in that movie with Wilson and figure out a way to get high. I mean, you guys have made things with plastic bottles, right? And, and aluminum foil. Who wouldn't thought you get a Coke can, you pour out the Coke, you put holes in the thing and bend it, and now you have a pipe. I mean, it's amazing what people can come up with. I've even seen somebody get a nug of flour, put knives on the stove, it's on the internet, and they press the nug together and breathe in the smoke. It's ludicrous the amount of creativity stoners have. And just as creative as they are, do you think they're really going to only buy 10% concentrate? Hell no. They're going to buy all this stuff from the black market. The black market, like I said last episode, is doing the running man. They do 
doing the robot. They're doing throwback dances because they can't believe how good the lawmakers are making it for them. I mean, literally, these states are upset about the revenue they're producing, but yet they're making all the moves that makes cannabis users say, yo, F this legal shit. I'm going back to my plug because I'm getting more product, better quality, and the price is reasonable. And there's no 10% cap on my, on my dab. Like, come on. But here's the reasoning behind why Washington wants to put this 10% limit. Now, there was a study done in Washington that showed that high levels of THC consumption and chronic use resulted in the increase in psychotic episodes in individuals in a study. And because of this, they wanted to make a preemptive move to prevent more individuals from falling victim towards a potential psychosis occurrence or a psychosis episode. Now, let's take this aside and let's see it from both, both avenues, right? In Avenue A, you have the psychologists, all right? You have those who follow, you know, scientific method, who has done the tests and hopefully will do it again before they make the claims. But science have showed that if an individual does have underlying psychological uh, or, or, or psychotic episodes in their family history, it's in their DNA, all right? It's in their code. All right. Just like the code you have on a page to make a letter blue and a letter black. Same thing we have in our DNA that could, that's underlying and not triggered. What causes psychotic episodes generally are trauma. Right. That causes that gene to be activated. We all have dormant genes in us all the time. Some of our genes may cause us to be healthy, may cause us to be unhealthy, may cause us to be addictive, to be non-addictive. And it's our environment that dictates which genes are turned on and turned off. And when individuals who go through such traumatic events or other, other, uh, other occurrences such as they're exposed to certain chemicals over time that can cause their brain to change. Things like this happen. And that's why they're trying to prevent it. Right. And the studies have shown that if you do have a history in your family of mental disorder, that THC may not be something you want to dive into because it can bring that to the surface, such as anxiety, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia. This goes on and on. And so I get it. As scientists, they want to do the public a good. They don't want a society that's running around acting like the Joker. <laughs> All right. Dancing on steps and stuff. But no, seriously, I understand why they're doing this. However, let's look on the other side from the consumer. If I'm the consumer, like I said, if you're going to put a 10% ban to protect my health, I'm a THC user. I want THC. And working for a medical marijuana firm, I learned it's either you're a THC user or you're a CBD user. There's no in it. There's no uh, there's no middle area. There's barely any gray area. It's black or white. If you love THC, you're going to go for the strongest possible product. Or the strongest product possible. And the reason being is that's what you like, that's what you enjoy, and that's what you need, either medicinally or recreationally. Because let's be honest, not all medical marijuana patients need it for medicinal reasons. Some people are just recreational users that don't live in a recreational state. But with that being said, all they're doing is making a black market happy. All right, they're doing the worm. I mean, <laughs> they're doing any type of dance you could think of. All right, they're doing a Laffy Taffy too. But in all seriousness, Washington, I get why you want to do this. This is a public good. If you want to prevent future psychosis from happening, let me ask you this question. Why, when cannabis has been legalized medicinally in California since the 90s, and in addition, in Colorado, having marijuana legalized since 2012, have we not seen the same damn thing? 
Why haven't we heard? Why haven't we heard these eruptions, these cries for TACB Limited in these places where cannabis have been open and used in chronic use as well? I mean, look at some celebrities that we have. We have Wiz Khalifa, Snoop Dogg, uh, Tommy Chong, Willie Nelson. These are chronic cannabis smokers who seem to be mentally fine and haven't entered or haven't shown results of a psychotic outbreak now granted maybe their dna is much more facilitated towards not having an underlying mental issue and therefore their chronic thc use doesn't affect them but for the small percentage of population that it does then they should not they should not go that route right but again if there is such a small population that does have these underlying psychological you know pillars that are going to shake and break them to be unstable if they use so much THC, then we should focus on those and preventing them from possibly using it. We should understand who has the gene and who doesn't. Isolate that gene. Find out what it is that when that switch is flipped, when THC is in the system, that they don't use it. You know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, myself, I have anxiety, right? Didn't really have anxiety before any, any time in my life, to be honest with you. Just a funny, confident type of guy, right? But when I started using THC more, I realized anxiety was a thing that I didn't think existed, but it actually just started to happen, right? Your brain overthinks, you think too much, you're stuck not in the moment, you're stuck in different, your brain is just overactive, right? And that happens when the nerves just fire a bit too much. And so I realized using CBD was much more of my calling than THC. So I'm much more of a CBD user than a THC user. Because I was looking for relaxation and probably help with sleep. And I realized the high isn't something that I really need per se. I mean, it's fun to laugh and giggle and have the munchies once in a while, but not all the time. CBD, I could do that all the time. And so maybe the anxiety was the underlying factor that existed that caused me to drift away from THC. Now, granted, that's a drop in the pond compared towards what other people may have. Because some people may, may take some THC, take one dab one day and go cuckoo crazy. Like it goes full on schizophrenic, full on bipolar, full on everything. And for those people, we understand why this law is passed. But to be realistic, come on, Washington. You're just making a black market stronger. All right. I mean, I get it. Washington had beef with the black market. Every state that legalizes cannabis has beef with the black market. But Washington in particular, had measures in place that caused the price of THC products to drop, right? A lot of THC, more, more product, not enough supply, excuse me, a lot of supply, not enough demand equals low price. And so the black market suffered. It's hard to compete when their prices are so low. $25 ounces, how can we do this? How is that possible? But it looks like they've now given the black market a get out of jail free card for some reason. And now the black market are going to be able to sell their concentrates at the same levels they were before. Live resin, hash, hash rajin. I mean, the list goes on and on in concentrates. Let's be honest with you. But we'll see how this pans out. And uh, listen, man. This week's, this week's episode is going to be a bit short. That's just because the cannabis news has not been that illustrious, has not been that crazy or alarming, but it still needs to be reported. And I'm just happy that you, you the listener, have tuned in to stay informed on cannabis and even bear with me through the intro sometimes that could be non-cannabis derived. So again, I thank you for listening. I appreciate the subscriptions. I see the numbers going up weekly. I mean, even when I've been a day late, you guys still come through. So I do appreciate that. And last week, I do apologize for the miss upload. I may have had like a recording on my phone. And like, you know, your phone just butt dials. It did something. And somehow I had like a different recording than the one I actually had. So I uploaded the wrong one. And now the second half of the episode was just noise. So I fixed it. 
last episode is fixed. It has the beginning. It has the end. We're good there. And of course, the passing of Kobe did affect my yesterday's uh, uh, recording. I was just not in the mood, man. I was sad. It was really a sad day. I mean, I feel like even L.A., the city knew how sad a day it was. I seen video that the sky was just white. You know, everybody was just gloomy. Everyone was sad. And I'm sure that that sadness does not only stay in Los Angeles, but it's a sadness that was felt around the world. And even the bit of sadness that I felt was probably magnified by the sadness that others have also felt in the moment. I mean, who would have thought that would be so affected by an NBA player passing away? I mean, granted, I did play basketball. I am a, I am an NBA fan. And Kobe is a, one of my heroes that I looked up with as I was growing up. So, again, I want to say RIP to his daughter. R.I.P. his daughter Gigi, R.I.P. to Kobe, and R.I.P. to the mother, father, and daughter who also died on that plane together. I believe three families had gotten killed in that plane crash, and it's an unnamed, unmarked pilot. Sad story, nine people gone, life comes at you quick, all right? But just to recap, yeah, MedMen, MedMen's just been in the shitter, man. I mean, 90%, their stock is down 90%. Uh, they're not paying vendors in cash, they're paying them with, with, with stock, it's not looking good. Will MedMen file for bankruptcy soon? You never know. Maybe. But if I were a betting man, which I am, and uh, if you're into stock trading, you're into Wall Street, you know, you are a day trader, you just love to know what's happening, here's my strategy. And my strategy is something I've learned from reading about Warren Buffett and how he makes his decisions. He always says to buy low and sell high. And when there's a stock that everyone loves, that's when you run away from it. When it's a stock that everyone hates, that's when you run towards it. Kind of like, you know, those stupid people in horror movies that run towards a danger. That's what you do in the stock market. And that could potentially lead for you to get larger gains, right? I mean, you don't want to buy a stock when it's at its highest because what goes up must come down. And what is down already has nowhere but up to go. So that being said, all these cannabis companies have had a deplorable deplorable 2019 absolutely horrendous all right they literally fell off a cliff in their valuations and stock price this year so with that being said and given what i just mentioned with warren buffett if i were you which i'm not giving any type of financial advice it's not professional advice at all this is personally in my thoughts i would purchase a lot of cannabis stocks at this time because it's almost like you're buying them on sale right when all these stocks go down and like i said what goes down must go up so I think MedMen may be 90% down in, t in, in 2019, but like any graph will show you, whenever there's a boom, there's an eventual bust or a correction. And when there's a correction, then the numbers tend to dip, but then they then follow an ascending trend in the future. So if I were you, if I would buy out a lot of cannabis stocks now if I had the necessary funds to do it the way I would like, right? I mean, hearing the CEO of MedMen saying that he bought, you know, uh, 300,000 stocks for like a million dollars and like, that's crazy. Just willy-nilly, just bought 300,000 stocks of MedMen. But with that being said, listen, I'd say watch out for the stock market with the cannabis products. I mean, right now they're in a the shitter, but there's going to be a correction. They're going to fix things, and the market's only going to grow as more states legalize, and these prices, excuse me, these stock prices will rise. Mark my word. They will rise. They won't stay low forever. All right? So, again, I want to say thank you for listening. I uh, appreciate you guys staying through, even though the, up, the upload was a day late, but you understand how it is. As always, we give you guys cannabis news information, so you are the most informed in your circle. Ideally, ideally, 
dearly appreciate you listening to the podcast. Shout out to the Green Baker. I just did a podcast with her not too long ago, very recently, actually. And we talked about a multitude of things, including minorities in the cannabis industry. We talked about uh, the stories of my cannabis use in the past and overall had a great conversation and an exchange of ideas and ideals. And listen, folks, if you want to be in the cannabis industry, make sure you guys reach out. Make sure you guys network. Make sure you meet people out there who have the same train of thought as you do. Because it's much easier to go on a journey with people than it is to go alone. All right? We all have one common goal. Find someone who has a goal that is in common with you, and I'm sure the achievement of that goal will be much easier. So I appreciate the Green Baker for having me on her podcast. Check out her podcast on Spotify, on Anchor, on Google Play, on all streaming platforms. All right. Real great podcast, great voice. She speaks with authenticity, right? And she's very intelligent. And it's great to know that we have another, not only another minority, another black but a black woman in this space, which you have to understand that's being a minority in a minority in itself. So you guys, if you enjoy this podcast, chance are you enjoy her podcast is much more conversational. She'll be on our episode coming soon. I won't give you guys a date, but you guys will see it in February. All right. So as always, as always, high TV, stay tuned, stay high folks. High TV. Peace.